This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Today on the State of Ukraine, should the U.S. be pushing for a negotiated end to the conflict? I'm Greg Dixon in Kyiv. Ukraine is waging its biggest military offensive yet, attempting to retake territory Russia currently holds. But so far, the progress has been limited. This raises a difficult question. Should the U.S. and its allies give Ukraine even more powerful weapons? Or should they try to lay the groundwork for negotiations to end the conflict? Or should they do both? Here's NPR's Greg Myrie. When Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, is asked if he should negotiate with Russian leader Vladimir Putin, he's blunt. Here's what he recently told CNN. When you want to have compromises or dialogue with somebody, you can't do it with a liar. Zelensky and many Ukrainians are quick to note that Moscow has dominated or attempted to dominate Ukraine for generations. Their intent is to drive out all Russian troops, estimated at 200,000 or more, even if it means a protracted war. Yet the front lines on the battlefield today have changed only marginally this year, despite months of heavy fighting. You have to say, well, when this offensive reaches its limits, which it will probably do in a couple of months when it gets muddy, What do we do then? Charles Kupchin is a former diplomat and national security official. He was part of a small, unofficial group that met quietly this year with Russian officials, including Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. He argues the U.S. approach should be two-pronged, bolster Ukraine's military, as it's doing, and also prepare for possible negotiations. Ukraine is suffering terrible loss of life. And as a consequence, uh, one has to ask, Might Ukraine be better off trying to get a ceasefire and beginning the process of rebuilding? Yet the spotlight is currently on Ukraine's offensive in the south and east of the country. The Ukrainians have made some advances since launching it in June, a few miles here, a few miles there, but they haven't achieved a major breakthrough. Ben Hodges is a former U.S. Army general who helped train Ukrainian forces. He says the Ukrainians are inflicting damage on Russian forces behind the front lines, something that gets only limited attention. I mean, every time a train is stopped or a a truck is uh, destroyed or a bridge is taken out, that makes it that much harder to resupply uh, Russian troops and Russian artillery. And so the Ukrainian counteroffensive is putting enormous pressure on the Russians. He favors additional weapons for Ukraine, including ATACMS, a U.S. missile with a range of nearly 200 miles. The Biden administration, which is considering adding ATACMS to Ukraine's arsenal, has provided or pledged more than $100 billion in overall assistance since early last year and is now seeking another $24 billion. Most members of Congress, Republicans and Democrats, have supported such aid. But opposition is growing. Former President Donald Trump, as well as other Republican presidential candidates, are among the critics. Hodges supports the additional aid, but says the Biden administration should define more clearly what success in Ukraine would look like. We run the risk of losing some of this, what is so far, very strong effective bipartisan support. And I I think that's exactly what the Kremlin is hoping for, is that the support will eventually fall away. 
Elbridge Colby, a former Pentagon official, supports U.S. help for Ukraine, though he thinks Europe should be in the lead. His main concern is that a long-running war in Ukraine diverts U.S. attention from China and a possible invasion of Taiwan, which he considers much more important. There's always a trade-off. You may not acknowledge it or know where exactly where it is, but it's going to come. My argument has been that Europe has really got to take the leading role there uh, because of the urgency of the threat in the Pacific. Meanwhile, neither the Russians nor Ukrainians are expressing interest in negotiations. Russia claims four Ukrainian regions as permanent Russian territory. Ukraine says it will not give up any land. Charles Kupchin acknowledges it would be difficult to launch talks and harder still to reach agreement. But he says it's important to be ready if and when an opportunity arises. Because it requires preparation and it needs to be on the shelf if, in fact, both Kiev and Moscow arrive at the conclusion that it's worth talking. For now, the focus is still on the fighting. Greg Myrie, NPR News, Washington. Thanks for listening to The State of Ukraine from NPR News. We'll see you again soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from Bombas. Bombas makes absurdly soft socks, underwear, and t-shirts. And for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com NPR and use code NPR.